Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingas serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones. It's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss a veritable plethora of positive customer experience stories, a debate about all those subscription boxes, and a man who creates music on the fly. Sharing, shaving, and singing, oh my. You listen to us. Now we want to listen to you. By visiting our website and sharing your remarkable customer experiences with us, we can share them with a broader audience. Now sit back and enjoy our listener stories. One of the statistics I like to share in my keynote presentations actually comes from our friends at Cytel Group. And it's that while 30% of consumers say they'd share a bad customer experience on social media, nearly half of consumers say the exact same thing about a positive experience. This presents a huge opportunity for companies to start intentionally creating more positive experiences so their customers can't wait to talk about them with friends and family. Now, full disclosure, that's what my keynote is about, how to do that. But for this segment, I wanted to see what would happen if I asked a simple question on Facebook. What was the last remarkable experience you had with a company? And boy, my friends did not Disappoint. Well, Dan, you know I'm not nearly as much of a social media guy as you are, but I saw your post, and I also know that our mutual friend Jay Bear talks about how half of word-of-mouth marketing is still offline. So getting people to talk positively about your brand can have effects both on and off social media. Exactly right, my friend Joey. So are you ready to hear some of the great experiences that I got from this single question. I am, and I'm excited to uh, be able to share those because I I must confess, I was surprised when I saw it by the number of people who commented. It was pretty nice. Exactly. It so warms my heart. That It's great. So I appreciate that you uh, read it as well. So we'll share them together back Perfect. and forth. So uh, my friend Sandy responded by saying that Bombas sent seven pairs of socks instead of the eight that she ordered. The customer service department was swamped and they were unable to respond within the time frame promised. They not only refunded my entire purchase amount, but issued me a $50 gift card for a future purchase. Nice. Jamie said, Otterbox. They will provide you with a new phone case if yours gets stretched out or cracked. No questions asked. Love Otterbox. Had them as a guest on my last podcast and I'm a frequent user of their products. My friend Katie said Glossier had apparently discovered an issue with the pigment changing in some makeup that I'd bought. I had not noticed any issues. They both refunded my money and sent me a new bottle once they'd fixed the issue. Margaret shared that Wegmans called her house to tell her that a bag of flowers she bought weeks ago had been recalled. That one stunned me, by the way. Yeah, because, weeks ago. Yeah, That's and a impressive. single item in a cart. A single item. Yeah, fantastic. Impressive. 
Uh, so a, a friend named Dan, this is not Not me. Dan, we're not just making it up, folks. A it's friend a named different Dan friend. said, I was processing payroll while our HR manager was on vacation. <laughs> Lucky Dan. Yes. Oh, what a great gig. A unique situation came up, so I called ADP for help. The person quickly understood what was needed, entered it into our payroll system so I didn't have to do it and potentially screw it up, and double-checked the information. It was a lifesaver, and I didn't have to bother my HR manager on her vacation. Ooh, I want to clap that one. That was nice. Great B2B that, example. Oh, great. Also. Yeah. For those of you that are like, oh, what about B2B? B2B. B2C. It's all H to H people, human to humans. Okay. Stacy shared that Allclad replaced two of her 10-year-old nonstick pans because they'd lost their nonstick. She received two brand new pans just last week. No questions asked. And Lisa G said... The car dealer who offered to send a driver with my mom's car to her house to swap out her repaired car for the loaner because he knows how tough it is for me to get an additional aid to stay with my mom when there are car issues. Oh, I love it. Human touch. Jeffrey shares, I was at Whole Foods in the checkout line. An item I had from the butcher block, 1.5 pounds of pork chops, wasn't scanning out correctly because the barcode was faded. The cashier called them and told them to change out the toner on the scale. He proceeded to place the pork chops in my bag. I asked him how much, and he said, they're free today because of the inconvenience of waiting for them to change out the toner. When in our lifetimes can we actually cry out, free pork chops, and have it ring true? <laughs> now that's a good day. Julia said, Bentley's Pet Store called me within 24 hours, letting me know they overcharged me for my purchase by 50% and offered a credit. I would have never known. Love them. And finally, Lisa B. shares, I emailed Zappos to let them know that the Nikes I bought for my daughter had a hole after a month of wear. They refunded my entire purchase without me needing to return the shoes. So why are we sharing all of these stories? It's to show that a number of brands in both B2C and B2B, that's business to consumer and business to business for those not in the know, are starting to figure this customer experience thing out, which means that if your company hasn't yet, you're behind the competition. It's also to demonstrate that no matter what business you're in, you can do these kinds of things too. Oh, so true, Dan, so true. There is no excuse for not caring about your customers. Most of these examples we just shared were about doing the right thing for the customer, not making them jump through a lot of hoops to get a refund, and frankly, leaving them happier than if they hadn't had a problem in the first place. It's really powerful when we can take a momentary interaction with a customer, add a little dash of surprise and delight by giving them something unexpected, and then sit back and watch how they tell the story, how they share that this has been their experience maybe weeks, months later. I also think it's really instructive to realize that a number of these examples came from things that went wrong first, right? The price tag wasn't visible when they went to scan it, or the shoes had a hole in it. And they turned into the answer to the question of what's the last great experience that you had with a brand? Absolutely. I also loved that a number of these examples were things that the customer didn't actually know something had gone wrong. So the recall on the flower, the overcharging by 50%, this is the business taking a vested interest. If you remember several seasons ago, and I won't call on our uh, 
uh, savant Dan to point out which episode it was. But years ago, uh, we talked about uh, an experience I had watching Amazon, where my wife and I rented a movie on Amazon, and it was buffering slowly. And so the movie was a little garbled. And the next day, I got an unexpected, unprompted email from Amazon, from their video services department, saying, hey, we saw that you rented this video. We saw that there were some issues in the bandwidth during delivery, so we've credited you back the rental fee for free. Again, when our customers don't even have to ask for our help and we acknowledge that something might have gone wrong, that's how you create a customer for life. That's how you create the kind of connection and interaction that will not only keep that customer loyal, but they will want to tell that story again and again. So we'd like to hear your customer stories as well. If you do us a favor, go to experiencethisshow.com. Click on contact in the upper right-hand corner and you will see a little speak pipe widget. And this is basically a, a digital voicemail where you can leave us a message that will come to our inboxes and tell us about the last time you had a remarkable experience with a brand and your story might just appear in a future episode. We usually see eye to eye, except when we don't. See if you find yourself siding with Dan or Joey as we debate a hot topic on this segment of Agree to Disagree. It used to be that a subscription referred to your daily newspaper or a monthly magazine. Then came digital subscriptions like Netflix and Amazon Music. Then there was the Dollar Shave Club. Now you can subscribe to almost anything. The online subscription market more than doubled each year from 2011 to 2016, with the largest players among them generating more than $2.6 billion in 2016 sales, up from just $57 million in 2011, according to McKinsey. You may or may not know that 70% of subscription services are sold in the U.S. The rest of the world only accounts for 30%. There were $1.2 billion in capital investments in subscription services in 2018. It's estimated to be a $10 billion market just in the U.S. and not including Amazon. And the average subscriber has two different services, with a third of customers having three or more subscription services. And so we ask, is this a good thing? Well, let me say this as a little disclaimer before I uh, make my point. I think there's a separate conversation to have here around consumption and the environment and how all that fits in. But if we're just talking about the concept of a subscription versus non-subscription, I actually think subscription services work really well for a number of reasons. First and foremost, they save the customer money. So if you're part of Amazon Subscribe and Save or Chewy's Auto Ship, everybody wins. The customer pays less. The company providing the subscription has a better idea of what their yield and what their through rates need to be so they can better forecast and uh, make better use of their materials and their warehouse time. So overall, it saves everybody money. Number two, a subscription can be incredibly convenient. You can set it and forget it. Now, there are times where this can get a little bit out of control if you set it, forget it, and then all of a sudden you stock up on a lot of stuff you don't need. But in the best uses of subscription services, you don't have to remember to go to the store, which 
is great because let's be candid. Who really gets super excited about going to the store anymore? I know I don't. I would much rather have it just show up at the house. Number three, subscription services introduce me to new products and service opportunities that I might not otherwise know about. There's a real opportunity here, I think, to have curated experiences, to have someone else helping you to find the specific uh, choices and expose you to the new possibilities within a subscription category service. Well, Joey, since this segment is called Agree to Disagree, I- I'm going to have to disagree of with you Of course you are. I think subscription services have simply gone too far. First of all, they end up costing you more money because you get stuff that you don't need. I mean, I use Amazon Subscribe and Save, but now I'm up to like 50 or $60 a month on stuff. And I always have to go back and double check to make sure that I really need this stuff. Secondly, I think companies are taking advantage of customers who are setting it and forgetting it. Even in the shave clubs and other things, sometimes you get three or four in a row and then you realize, well, I've got 24 razor blades. Now I'm going to be just fine shaving for a long, long time. But it's a pain to cancel. And so people stay on and inertia takes over. Don't you shave your head every day, man? You go through a lot of razors, I'm sure. It is pretty shiny. It is shiny. Third, there are simply too many subscriptions out there. It absolutely boggles the mind. There's the bacon of the month club. There's the Dive Bar Shirt Club, the Bagel of the Month Club, the Sock of the Month Club, and even one called Cannabox, which will send you cannabis supplies every month. <laughs> Wait a second. Are all of those real, Dan? These are all real services no, really. that the, I looked up the on the Dive World Wide Bar Web. One? The yes. Dive Bar one? Oh, my gosh. Who really is sitting at home going, man, I wish I had some more T-shirts from dive bars I haven't been to. <laughs> does sound, it actually sounds kind of cool, doesn't it? Sounds it sounds kind of cool now that it. you think about it. Yeah, it does. So I, I guess I've swayed you over then that you actually think it's a good idea. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we call that the bait and switch. Dan fell for it. I reeled him in. Now, here's the thing. I agree with you. If you are going to do subscription services, you have to pay attention to them. You really do because they can get out of control. And I know I have suffered from that in the past where I've had subscription services and all of a sudden I've realized, wait a second, why am I still getting this? It goes from being a convenient way to get the things you need to an inconvenient way to be billed for stuff you don't want. And and tell the audience, Joey, how many magazine subscriptions you had until just recently? Okay, until very recently, I had a small addiction problem to magazines. I was subscribed to 30 different magazines. Now, prior to having children, I will confess, I read these 30 magazines every month. I would basically had to read a magazine a day to keep up. But I really like the format. I like the tactile feel. I'm a visual learner. So magazines worked better for me than reading online or just reading an article. Uh, I really liked it. But since having kids, I kind of woke up the other day, uh, this is within the last month, and realized, you know what? I don't need to have as many subscriptions as I do. So I'm now down to just three. So I cut it by 90%. Well, the first step is admitting you have a problem, Joey. (laughs) This is true. Uh, This is very true. And that's why I said, see earlier disclaimer, that you have to be responsible for your own subscriptions and not let them get out of control. That being said, 
as uh, recent parents in the last few years, uh, the fact that the diapers just show up without us having to think about it, that was a very convenient subscription that we will be very excited to not be part of in the near future. Uh, but the moral of the story is it worked well for us. Well, I think the message to companies is you know, subscriptions right now are a thing. They're a fad. People are excited about them. They're a trend. And what often happens is companies think, well, if this is trending, it's something we need to jump onto. And so what I want to suggest to listeners is if you don't have a product that is really relevant for a subscription service, don't feel like this is a direction that you have to go. That being said, it is obviously a great way to get sustainable revenue from customers because you they do set it and forget it. Um, and But it doesn't work for everything. And I believe that there's certainly some out there that uh, can work really, really well, but that it really has gotten a little bit too far. Well, I think subscription services are great. Well, Joey, then I guess we'll just have to agree, agree to, to disagree. disagree. Sometimes all it takes is a single question to get your company thinking about an improved customer experience. Here's an idea for how you can start the conversation. This week's Start the Conversation topic is technology's key role in customer experience. Technology's vital role in meeting the changing demands of the modern consumer has long been recognized. Nearly every interaction occurring between a customer and an organization is driven or supported by at least one form of technology, and in many cases, multiple platforms converge to support the interaction. Unfortunately, many CX leaders overlook the critical step of ensuring that these technologies are up to the challenge of supporting existing customer experience strategies or newly created experiences. This leaves the CX strategy vulnerable to failure or underperformance and may lead to challenges for both customers and employees. It's important to conduct a thorough and objective assessment of your customer experience technologies, including these five key things. Contact center platforms. Customer relationship management or CRM tools. Employee productivity tools. Data and analytics solutions middleware, and integration-supporting applications. I have to tell you, Joey, having worked at a number of big companies, it is amazing how much old technology is still out there. Ooh, legacyware, folks. It's exciting. I mean, stuff that was built in like the early 90s, late 80s. Lotus Notes, baby. Oh, Lotus Notes just, for everyone. Lotus Notes is just fantastic. And the thing is, is that today customers expect more than that. And whether it's a customer-facing piece of technology or it's something that simply enables a customer experience, it really is important that this stuff gets upgraded for the times because the demand is so much higher today. And now for this week's question about technology's key role in CX, do our current technology platforms adequately support our customer experience strategy? We encourage you to start the conversation within your own organization and then continue it with Avtex at experienceconversations.com. That's experienceconversations.com. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. 
we dive into the nitty-gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. No, Joey and I aren't going to sing for you again, but someone else is. Meet Harold Payne, a multi-platinum singer-songwriter who is also a master improviser. He's written songs for Snoop Dogg, Rod Stewart, Patti LaBelle, Lana Del Rey, and Bobby Womack. But he also creates songs on the spot at events and conferences, similar to the artists that you sometimes see summarizing keynotes with drawings, for example. Let's take a listen to a sample from Harold's work. I create songs in the moment that stay with you forever that are funny or poignant, and if I may say, clever. I can do them in advance or on the spot. Sing a recap of your speaker's message to keep it hot. And I can do a reggae groove or make it slow and sweet and smooth or rock it till the audience is up on the feet. Clapping their hands and moving to the beat Or maybe you prefer a little down-home blues A country music if you choose And if you want to get funky That's all right with me Whatever flavor you savor A roast or a toast or both if you please and I'll walk that plank until it turns into a bridge to inspirational lyrics you can post on your fridge. It'll be a sweet surprise that's customized. Audio, video, digitized. Give them something they won't soon forget. And make you the hero of your next event. So I know this sounds cliche, but I actually met Harold in an elevator. Oh my, this is so classic. It's like the ultimate elevator music story. It is. It is. We were uh, actually, Joey and I were both at the National Speakers Association uh, Influence Conference in Denver. I was not year. in the elevator. <laughs> Joey was not in the elevator, but I was heading back up to the room. And I met this guy and we shook hands. So we started talking. I said, so what do you do? And he says, well, I sing improv songs for events. I'm like, what do you mean? And he went on to explain it. And I thought that he was absolutely fascinating that we just had to have him on the show. Actually, uh, I asked him to tell us a little bit more about his business uh, in an audio file so that you guys can hear it as well. So what I do is create customized and sometimes improvised songs for keynotes, events, and conferences like that. For example, for the Experience Show, I might do something like Experience this, experience this, a very cool podcast from Joey Coleman and Dan Genghis. With a truckload of tips you can add to your list, trust me this is something you don't want to miss, and if you want to make your customers love you even more. Experience this. 
I love it because companies often are looking for ways to make their experience more creative or more fun. And while I and Dan both fully understand that the type of music or the improv that Harold is doing here may not be your cup of tea, it's important to remember that when you're designing customer experiences, it's more about what your customers feel than what you feel. So these type of things work. It works for Harold, it works for a lot of other folks out there who are doing creative things to tie together events or add a little spark. You know, I was at uh, a company offsite not too long ago where they brought in somebody who played piano and they did improv. And in my speech, I had mentioned a case study that uh, the punchline was root beer. And later on in the evening when the piano player sat down and did uh, Billy Joel's song, The Piano Man, he came to the part where he said, and the piano, it sounds like a carnival, and the microphone smells like root beer, and the crowd all thought it was funny, and everybody got that it was about me, and it was just this little tiny thing that made it feel special. It created a little moment, and at the end of the day, when we think about customer experience, I think that's often what it's about, just creating a moment, creating a memory, creating something that when the individual who's uh, been to your event or partook of your conference or come to your office goes back home, there was a funny little interaction or a little jingle in their head that they remember that they can bring back to share with their friends. Did you put bread in his jar and ask him, man, what are you doing here? I did ask him what he was doing there. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Indeed. Well, I love what Harold's doing, and I do think there's something in it for everyone. And he's so creative about using different musical genres, um, being able to work with companies or events to prepare songs in advance or to do it in a more improv style where he's listening to a speech, for example. Um, I mean – wouldn't you love at the end of your keynote to have a song written about what you just spoke about? That's so cool. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And, and true confessions, I, I will throw down the gauntlet and challenge myself publicly that I will do this. I have thought about ending a keynote with singing for a long time. I know, Dan, you sing in your keynotes regularly. I've seen that happen. Uh, Dan does a wicked rendition of uh, a song from The Greatest Showman. It's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I think it could be a lot of fun. And what I like about this, again, let, this isn't just about improv singing and events, folks, okay? Let's pull this back to the 35,000-foot level. This is about taking a risk. This is about trying something different. This is about being comfortable with creating a little experience or a little moment that maybe feels awkward or maybe feels not perfectly thought out and executed, but it creates something special and lets them know it's real. You know, there's such a trend in all of customer experience to polish the edges and make everything seamless. That's fine, but it also can have impact if we do something that's unexpected. It can have impact if we deviate from the path just a little bit, as long as it's a fun experience. Now, Dan and I have discussed doing something like this on the show for the longest time. And while we don't have a full musical episode baked out just yet, what about something like this? Three, four. Whoa! For the longest time. Whoa. For the longest time. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. 
We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.